Hello and welcome to the Hawk Week podcast with ICL's Sam Rivers and I'm Matt Appleby, Hawk Week's editor and this is the weekly podcast for the horticulture industry covering sector issues and this week we've got a big one, we've got vine weevil. So um, welcome Sam, I've heard you've had a lot of comments from growers about vine weevil problems. Hi Matthew, great to be back on the podcast again, I know it's been a while uh, but looking forward to working with you this year. Like you say, I think it would be good to kick things off because I'm getting a lot of comments from growers about, you know, vine weevil, which is a, it's a pest that needs no introduction. Uh, but we are seeing a lot of uh, you know, increases in, in pest pressure this year. And, and this time of year now, um, with, you know, coming into March, uh, we're starting to, you know, be really aware that adults might start to emerge. So, I figured it would be good timing to do a, a podcast um, on, on such a serious pest. No, no, it's good timing indeed. So um, just going back to back to basics, what what is vine weevil? Yeah, it's I say it's a pest in, in the ornamental industry. It needs no introduction, but it's a very serious pest. Um, it belongs to a, a super family of beetles They're called the Curculeonoidea, um, but they there's such a problem because they feed on a real wide variety of ornamental plants. And when we were looking at its kind of uh, life cycle, the larval stage is, is the, the famous stage because that's what's um, killing the plant by feeding on the roots. Um, and it's such a problem because it, it feeds on such a wide variety of plants. It really doesn't discriminate. And I think the larval stage it's estimated to cause up to, to four billion pounds worldwide of damage in ornamental plants. So, so it's a real serious pest. And we're seeing a kind of decline in chemical control options for the, these pests. So we have to really understand the correct techniques and products and how to use them to, to get it like adequately under control. I guess that all starts with the life cycle of the pest. So what is the vine weevil's life cycle? It really depends on the scenario. If it's indoor and heated production or whether it's outdoor, uh, you know, in a field produ production. Um, for example, in outdoor production, you know, typically what we see, adults tend to emerge around April or May time, but it can be earlier depending on, on the temperature. In the UK, it's very difficult to predict because we, we've so far been having quite a mild, uh, you know, end to the winter period coming into spring. It's been very wet, but very humid. Um, but there's been other years where it's been really cold. So you can see a, a delayed emergence as late as April. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, numerous factors uh, affecting this. But ultimately, we're looking at this time of year for adults to start to emerge. Uh, once they emerge, they they feed on the foliage um, of plants, causing like these characteristic notches, um, which can be confused with different things. Um, but after emergence, after about two weeks of feeding, and again in an outdoor scenario, they start to lay eggs. Now they're classed as parthenogenic, so they don't need to um, reproduce with a, with a male or a female. And a single vine weevil adult can lay up to about 830 eggs per year with, with quite a high viability. It's about 80% viability. Um, so adults, you know, they, they emerge, they, they feed, they lay their eggs. The eggs then hatch into the larval stage, um, which, you know, continues throughout the summer periods into, into early autumn. 
and then the larval larval stage then overwinters um, for you know and again again it depends on the temperature and they sit relatively quiet throughout the winter period and once those temperatures start to increase again they they pupate they turn into it's like, almost like a, a ghost version of the adult um, and then then they emerge as adults again and the cycle starts over and what's really key is that again if we go to an indoor scenario where it's heated all these generations can overlap so you can have all life cycle stages at any time of the year okay um so what sort of plants do they feed on is it just one plant or can they feed on other species too yeah they they're known as a generalist feeder and you know that means they can pretty much uh complete their life cycle and consume on most plants. Uh, that being said, they do have their favorites. You know, there's a few classic examples like heucras, um, primulas, uh, you know, they're real classic examples. The, the understanding of why they prefer some plants is, is still relatively unknown. Um, there's a lot of research being conducted on that so we can understand, um, you know, it, it's kind of preference. Um, but if the preferable plants aren't present on the nursery, that doesn't mean you won't see a problem because they will go to another plant in the absence of that. So they, you know, that's why they're such a problem. They, they really do not discriminate between um, what plants that they all will attack. That's all a bit scary. So are you seeing an increase in problems? You mentioned you're getting quite a lot of calls at the moment. Yeah, definitely. We're seeing a lot of pest pressure this year already. And, you know, we're only coming towards the end of feb uh, a lot of the the questions i'm getting are from growers in, in indoor production of course but uh, we are seeing signs on the south uh, south coast of england that uh, the adults are starting to emerge um again at this time of year it's difficult because you know next week it might be freezing cold and that will knock knock them back a little bit but we're seeing um you know year on year i think we're seeing an increase in this pest pressure and and i think that stems back to probably there were products like chemical based products, which were offering very good levels of control, which have now been withdrawn. And the products that we now have available to us um, are a lot more involved in their application, you know, they're temperature sensitive. So we have to really build a robust IPM program around that. And unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of growers don't have the time to implement that coming into this time of year. Now it's one of the busiest uh, um, parts of the season. So you know, keeping a real close eye on, you know, things like adults emerging uh, can prove challenging. Now, can you talk us through some of the control options, please, Sam? Yeah, like I said, there's some like options that have been withdrawn, which offered very good levels of control. But when we look at a nursery and we look at the site, um, how we, you know, suggest control measures. We look at, you know, we follow the sustainable use directive. So it gives us this hierarchy of control. Uh, and we start with the most basic thing. So cultural control is the first thing we look at in terms of, you know, controlling pests and diseases. And cultural control includes a, a host of things. But, you know, when we're looking at specific to vine weevil, we're looking at general nursery hygiene. So weeds and debris, for example, um, vine weevil adults, they're nocturnal. So they tend to hide under pots or debris um, 
uh, you know, in the day. Um, so these kind of, you know, things are really key. So if you're cleaning up any debris that's lying around, that can be a real help to, you know, just, uh, it's not going to control the pest per se, but it's going to go a long way to stop it spreading throughout the nursery. And then we can look at things like quarantining any stock that's been bought in as well. Um, you know, especially if it's a susceptible plant and then building in monitoring systems as well. You know, we have to understand that emergence, understanding this time of year is when we're likely to see uh, some issues. So we want that to be, um, you know, part of our kind of core method of control. Okay, that's all about cultural control. But are there any uh, products available for um, blind weevil control, any actual products? Yes, we have... You know, classically, there's beneficial nematodes, um, which have been used for a long, long time, even before, um, you know, chemicals were, were available in some situations. Um, the two products we have from ICL, they're called Seeker and Seeker CT. And Seeker is based on the beneficial nematode uh, Heterohapditis bacteria for and this works down uh, to 12 degrees in the growing media. So that this is where we're talking about it's key to understand you know, when to apply these products. Uh, and then Seeker CT is, um, is based on the beneficial nematode Steinonema krausii. And the CT stands for cold tolerance. So this gives us a bit more extended control in the season. And this, this works down to five degrees C. So you can build a real nice IPM program with these two products. Um, but, the, you know, key here is a lot of these, you know, biological products are applied preventatively. So if you have a really high pest pressure, then um, sometimes these products aren't going to be the most effective. And sometimes we do have to recommend uh, growers throw the stock out and start from the ground up. And then the next product we have, uh, we have Laugard, uh, um M52GR, uh, which we, we've done a whole other podcast on it. So whoever's listening, there's another podcast that we go into a bit more detail on the product. Um, but the general uh, gist of it, it's, it's a bio insecticide based on the beneficial fungus Metarhizium bruneum. Uh, it's on a rice grain carrier, but the, sp the spores are loaded onto this rice carrier and then it's growing media incorporated so that the mixing of the carrier breaks off the spores, evenly distributes them throughout the growing media. And then the spores, what they do, they um, germinate onto the larval stage of vine weevil. It's contact acting. And then they consume it from the inside out in the most layman's way possible. Um, so it's a very effective product. But again, it's very temperature sensitive. It won't work uh, below 12 degrees. Its optimum range is 15 to 30. But the benefit of Laugard over, over nematodes, for example, is that it will sit dormant at colder temperatures and it will last for up to 12 months. It just won't work until those temperatures get to um, optimal levels. So there's some real good products. And I don't want to confuse because there's two products on the market. There's Laugard M52GR, which is the product used for vine weevil control. But there's also a liquid version called Laugard OD, um, but that is not used for vine weevil. Um, that's a, a foliar application as well for, for white flies and frips. What about applying the products? Have you got any tips for that? Yes, nematodes have always been quite a tricky one. Um, I've seen some very dodgy YouTube videos on how to apply nematodes properly. Um, you know, a classic one is 
I've seen people, you know, the packs of nematodes often come in a 50 million or a 250 million pack. Um, I've seen some YouTube videos saying, oh, you just take a spoon off the pack and put it in your watering can and apply it, um, which is completely wrong because the the packs aren't evenly distributed. So I often see some, sometimes that does happen because, you know, YouTube's very accessible. Someone goes nematode application advice, sees videos like that, and then they go, must work. But I often question people and I say, you know, how many nematodes are on that spoon you're using? Uh, it could be zero. It could be the whole pack. You, you really don't know. So we always recommend people to make a stock solution using the entire pack. So then you have a known concentration. Um, and then things like when you get the packs, if you're buying them, make sure you're storing them in the fridge as well um, and using them early. You know, if, if the pack says 250 million on it, that's that 250 million um, nematodes is guaranteed until the sell by date. They often overpack nematode packs. So it, it often comes if you get it fresh with 280 million nematodes on. So applying them earlier, you kind of get a bit extra out of the packs for, for no extra cost. So that, that's a nice tip. Uh, of course, we have a lot more information on, on the ICR website, um, which gives some more advice about water pressure, application equipment, et cetera. Um, but there's, it, this is one thing we can, we can work with growers on and just help them understand, uh, you know, how to optimize the application of these products. That's good advice. But are there any other tools we can use as well as that, Sam? Well, I know, again, I've done another podcast on this, but we have, you know, the Plant Health Planner which is an online tool which we actually originally developed to help uh, build vine weevil control programs. And we want to get growers to understand the timing of application. You know, how many weeks do we have to wait between one nematode application to the next? Uh, other products, we can look at compatibility issues because, you know, some products are, are going to be detrimental and will can sometimes kill things like beneficial nematodes. So we completely review the whole approach um, and just optimize that. So this online planner we have um, can really help organize uh, applications. But we also have, you know, a really dedicated team of technical area sales managers with, you know, a real wide variety of knowledge, but each and every one of them can really help growers uh, work on application advice, understand what products to use. So always give us a call, give your local area sales manager a call and we're always happy to help. There's a lot of great advice there, Sam, as usual. So thanks for all that. But um, we're coming towards the end now. Have you got any final thoughts about the uh, the dreaded vine weevil and how to deal with it? Yeah, I think it's understanding your production system. What plants are you growing on the nursery? Which ones are susceptible? Um, building in your kind of monitoring around that. Because monitoring is going to be key, um, especially if you're growing plants, which can be quite, you know, things like Portuguese laurel get absolutely ravaged by vine weevil and that can really ruin the foliage. Um, you know, I've seen some really bad, um, you know, damage on these types of plants where growers have had to throw them away. And just looking after those susceptible crops is, is going to go a long way and, and looking at the cultural control as well. Um, but building in this um, kind of program can help with, you know, the management decisions of the pest. Uh, but yeah, I think final final roundup there is that we we have very good uh, success rates with our IPM programs, um, but it is about implementing them and understanding like all the factors that we've discussed today.
Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks for all that, Sam. And uh, I'm Matt Appleby, Hawk Week editor, and I've been with Sam Rivers from ICL talking about vine weevil control. And uh, make sure you never miss a Hawk Week podcast. Subscribe to or follow Hawk Week podcasts via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform. Once again, thanks to Sam Rivers from ICL. I'm Matt Appleby from Horticulture Week. And um, goodbye until next time. <laughs>